There are some branches that are better than others. I haven't climbed a tree in a while, but this is a lesson that I will never forget. I was climbing a tree, and I I stepped on a branch that I thought would help me reach up to the next branch, only to discover that the branch that I was standing on was dead. The branch broke, gave way beneath me, and and I did my best pinfall imitation going down, bouncing off the different branches of that tree, and I landed right on top of a barbed wire fence. Now, uh, the truth is, that actually worked out well for me had I not pinballed down, if if I'd fallen straight to the ground, and had I not fallen on a fence that kind of broke my fall a little bit, uh, I may have been seriously hurt as it was. I I just had a rip in my jeans and and a bruised ego. But the lesson was learned. Be sure you're standing on the right branch. That term, branch, is very significant in the Old Testament. It was often used by the prophets as a title for the Messiah. And that is the case here in Isaiah chapter 11 as we begin there in verse 1. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. We're going to find out this morning that Jesus is exactly the branch that we need. The fact of the matter is, Jesus knows exactly what it is. Every single one of us needs. Now, Isaiah uses words in this passage that would have resonated very clearly with the people of his day. He gives words that would be connected directly to the prophesied Messiah. He writes there in verse 1, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. Now, uh, in the day of Isaiah, those words would have very real and powerful meaning. In Isaiah's day, the house of David, the, the lineage of David, was having tremendous difficulty. The nation of Israel had been overrun and conquered. The nation of Judah was threatened. It was a difficult time. But Isaiah prophesies that like a green leaf coming out of the midst of a dead stump, so a new branch, a new shoot would appear. And this tree would grow strong, bearing much fruit. Now, those had great meaning for the people of the Old Testament. It's picked up in the New Testament. Matthew, who is writing to people from a Jewish background, picks up on that very same theme as he begins his gospel with a genealogy of Jesus that points to the fact that Christ is directly descendant from David. Uh, There in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 1, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David the son of Abraham, establishing that Jesus was directly linked 
to the branch of David was tremendously important because that was a direct sign that he was, in fact, who he said he was. He was the Messiah. Establishing Jesus as the Messiah was significant because of what the prophets had said the Messiah would be. Isaiah continues there in verse 2 in chapter 11. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The Spirit of counsel and of power. The Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Now there are some very descriptive phrases that occur in those two verses. They focus on this statement that the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Again, in the Old Testament days, that would be a very resonant phrase. They would have caught immediately what Isaiah was describing. For us, in a different culture, in a different time, we have to think about this a little bit, but but it's still tremendously significant to us as well. With this phrase, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Isaiah identifies the Messiah as more than just another prophet, more than just another teacher, more than just another great leader. This one would have the power of the Almighty, the divine power, the Spirit of the Lord. And then he describes what that would mean. The Messiah would have the full wisdom and understanding of God. There is nothing that Jesus does not know. His wisdom discerns the absolute, true, foundational nature of all people and of all events. There's nothing that slips beyond His wisdom. There's nothing that goes beyond his understanding. Second, the Messiah would have the spirit of counsel and power. He would be able to reach the correct decision to make all decisions with absolute perfection. Think about that for a moment. We all struggle with decisions each day. Sometimes those decisions are important. Sometimes they're not all that significant. But what would it be like to know, to know someone that every decision they make is absolutely perfect? Well, that's who Jesus is. Third, the Messiah would have the knowledge and fear of the Lord, the understanding and power for all authority in every way. The Messiah would be exactly as God is. He would be completely divine. Isaiah is making a very direct statement of the pure, complete divinity of the Messiah. It's interesting that rather than using military language, which was normally used for the descendants of David, how they would come and and lead a great army, how they would come and and lead uh, Israel back to its former self, Rather than using that kind of language, here Isaiah's prophecy uses the language of wisdom to describe this new king. We all know how important it is for the people upon whom we depend to know what it is they're doing. We want our surgeon to be trained in the latest and best techniques before they ever pick up a scalpel in our presence. 
We want our auto mechanic to know engines inside and out before they open the hood of our car. We want that plumber to know how to replace the toilet before he ever takes ours out. Even more significantly, we want our leaders, our judges, our civic authorities to to know what they're doing. Everyone makes jokes about politicians, but deep down we know how desperate we are for them to do the right thing. So we pray for them. We pray for them to have wisdom, to have knowledge, to make good decisions, because we realize how important that is. Well, Isaiah foretells of a king, a perfect king, who will rule with all wisdom and all knowledge. So often our earthly rulers get it wrong because they don't know what is actually needed. Not this king. He gets it right because he knows exactly what we need. His knowledge extends far beyond polls and focus groups. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Jesus knows exactly what we need. There is no knowledge that escapes His command. He knows us better than we know ourselves because He made us. He created us. He fashioned us. Jesus knows what we need. But of course there's something more than just knowing what we need. We don't just need a ruler who knows what we need. We need a king who can provide what we need. And our Jesus can do exactly that. Isaiah's prophecy continues to describe the wisdom of this coming king in verse 3 of chapter 11, the second half of the verse. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. This king does not judge merely by what he sees and hears. Now that's for for all of us. That's what we're limited to. We're we're limited to to our ability to absorb knowledge, to to see things and to read things and, and to try to understand them. We work very hard at that, but we recognize the limits of that. We recognize there's things that we don't see. We recognize there's things we don't hear. And so so we understand we're limited in, in that. But this judge, this judge knows what we need. His judgments are made by something far more significant than just what he sees and hears. He sees all things, he hears all things, but his knowledge goes way beyond that. In this world, judgments are often made by what we perceive. We see someone sitting on a curb, they're not wearing very nice clothes, and we think, well, that guy must be something wrong with him. Why isn't he off working at a job? What's going on with that fellow? And we pass on by. But Jesus sees 
what really is there. In this world, often the weak and the needy are left behind because this world perceives them to be of less value, but not this king. His judgment is based on righteousness and perfect justice. Not our righteousness, not our justice. His righteousness will be on full display. His authority is complete because His righteousness is complete. His decisions are perfect because His wisdom is perfect. His peace is sure because He's the Prince of Peace. He not only knows what needs to be done, He has the power to achieve it. Now, all of us have that experience of of knowing what needs to be done, but not really having the power to do it. We walk in the house, the water's flowing out from under the kitchen cabinet. We know that leak needs to be stopped, but if you're like me, you don't really know what to do about it. We've all been in those situations where we know what needs to be done, but we're not sure how to do it. So we call somebody that we think does. And we've been in those situations that we decide, okay, I don't know how to do this, so I'm going to find somebody who does. So we call a plumber. And the plumber says, yeah, I'll be glad to come and fix that leak under your kitchen sink. I'll be there a week from Thursday. And we say, well, that's great, but by that time, my house will be an annex to the Wonders of Wildlife Aquarium. We don't just need somebody who knows what to do. We need them to do it. Truth is, we need both. We need someone with the wisdom to know what needs to be done, and we need someone who will do it. And that's exactly what we have in Jesus. For something far more significant than indoor plumbing. Jesus knows what is truly righteous. But He doesn't just know righteousness. He is righteous. He doesn't just know what needs to happen. He is able to do it. He knows what is just, and He is able to achieve it. He knows what we need, and He's able to supply it. Jesus is exactly what we need. Not only that, Jesus is exactly what your neighbor needs. He's exactly what your friend at work needs. He's exactly what your golfing buddy needs. He's exactly what the lady that you see in the line at Walmart needs. He's exactly what everyone you know needs. What is there in your life today that you don't know what to do? We've been talking about what's your one. This is a big one. What is there in your life that's just gotten away from you? What is there in their life that, that you know what needs to happen, but you just don't know how to make it happen? Entrust it to Jesus. 
He not only knows what needs to happen, He has the ability to make it happen. He has the ability to do it. He has all wisdom and all righteousness, all authority and all power. So give it to Him. Who is there in your life that you see the problems that they're going through, you see the issues that they're facing, you see the the tragedies that have occurred, you see the mistakes that they've made? Guess what? Jesus has exactly what they need to. Watch for those opportunities to share with them exactly what it is they need. Jesus is exactly what we need. Heavenly Father, As we read these prophecies about the Messiah, as we see them fulfilled in your Son, we pray this morning that we will recognize the significance of this truth. That we know the one who is perfectly righteous. That we know the one who has all wisdom. That in Jesus we have exactly what we need. And as we look around us at a community that finds itself sometimes in desperate circumstances, as we look at a world that continues to suffer, we can know Jesus is exactly what our community and what our world needs as well. And so, Heavenly Father, help us today to entrust into your hands those things that we don't know what to do. To point our friends and neighbors to you because you're exactly what they're needing. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.